Hello, crime lovers, and welcome to Crime on Tap. I'm Megan, joined by my co-host, Sean. And welcome to our true crime podcast. Join us weekly as we drink our favorite cocktails and discuss gruesome murders, kidnappings, conspiracies, and more. Share the podcast with your friends, family, and heck, your grandma. Leave a review and make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Crime on Tap Pod. Tune in for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether you're driving to work or doing laundry, Crime on Tap will be sure to fulfill your true crime fix each week. And now, buckle up for this week's episode. Listen and enjoy. We are back at it again, Megan. Oh my god. I Are our listeners surprised that we actually made it another week? <laughs> you know, I know we say it a lot, but we are actually surprised ourselves we made it another week. Oh my gosh. It's never ending. Life. Don't grow up, people. Well, you want to know what? Never get in a relationship because these men are holding us back. <laughs> <laughs> they're complaining god damn we do this one hour a week and they're over here like oh my god like we're being sequestered to the dungeon god it's, it's like, like my whole weekend is ruined <laughs> for one hour a week oh my god <laughs> complainers damn mm-hmm. we should be sending them together to like have a little complaining party when we can record yeah they can hang out like y'all lucky <laughs> even have a roof over your head <laughs> You're lucky we will let you stay here. <laughs> Get out of here. And I'll know he's a fake fan because I'm going to say, Patrick, if you're listening, if you're listening to this episode, text me the number like, or text me the word unicorn. I bet you he won't even listen to this. We're going to test him. Yeah. Okay. So Nick and Patrick, if you're listening to this, text us unicorn when you listen. Okay. We'll give the listeners an update when they don't respond. I, I was going to say, I know Nick doesn't listen to it. So. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, this is a test right here, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of Crime on Tap. We are here one week after our biggest supporter, Leah. We can't say her last name because we expose her. And Scientologists are still coming after her, knocking down her door. She Luckily, she changed her name now, so now they can't find her. <gasps> the, the 6th of November... Happily married, um, and her ceremony and reception were both amazing, especially the ceremony, which we raved mm-hmm. about because it was all of 15 minutes. <laughs> it was perfect. Easy breezy cover girl. We got to oh. saw everyone walked down the aisle. Beautiful. They said, I do. I do. Kiss. Done. Let's party. <laughs> per- yeah, right. Like it wasn't like a movie where there's like 15 minutes of previews. This <laughs> shit started at like we were, we were requested to be there at 5 30 it started at 5 30 skipping down the runway here she comes mm-hmm. look at <laughs> hair hair on point mm-hmm. makeup on point dress Boobs on lifted point. pushed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess i did appreciate the little fabric she had for her cleavage oh i don't think she needed that well, yeah, we didn't think she needed it, but the family yeah. probably appreciated it. Oh, and the beading. She had, like, button beading up her back. That oh, was beautiful. I know. Elegant. I guess, like, they thought of it all when she's standing, like, her back towards us. So we could see the back, and the back was just as beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Not a button out of place. No, that's right. She thought of all of it. But so beautiful ceremony. We have recovered from the ceremony. We have recovered from the reception. I don't know how many shots Megan was forcing down my throat on the dance floor. But you were taking them. (laughs) But I was taking them with pride. And I couldn't feel my feet. So I was dancing even harder. (laughs) I definitely have to say, I don't feel like I needed those white claws at the bonfire afterwards. (laughs) I should not have done that. But I wasn't driving, so... I didn't have any part in that, but I definitely drank some. <laughs> and we definitely brought the party to the bonfire. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone just been sitting there looking at each other if we weren't mm-hmm. there. But congrats to Leah and John. Your reception was amazing. Everything was amazing. We had a great mm-hmm. time. How about we just get right into it, Megan? Oh, my God. We can't, we can't hold back. I know. Well, also because my milk's getting warm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or cold, you mean? Mine is starting to get, like... um like lukewarm like little like little warm kitty milk you know oh <laughs> yeah like you're gonna be looking at like a kitty yeah <laughs> lapping her up but we don't want to say it's our first sponsor because <laughs> it's kind of not but i guess it's just like a shout out this week on crime on tap mm-hmm. our drinks are going to be supplied by tina's cookie co Ooh, oh my Ooh. god round of applause at leah's wedding the party favor was a Tina's cookie hot cocoa bomb. Mm-hmm. So very exciting. We're going to be doing the hot cocoa drop here live on Crime on Tap today. Wow, this hot cocoa bomb is like high quality. This is like mm-hmm. this is like a baseball. So it's like, and then it has this nice white drizzle on top. Oh, I know. She should do like a TikTok or something to like that drizzle. That must be so fun to watch. And we both have the ch- the white milk milk chocolate ones. Yes. Because I don't like white chocolate. So Ooh, I, I don't do that either. So I I mean I feel like for an extensive review we should have done the white chocolate and like the milk chocolate, but like I can't yeah. do white chocolate. <laughs> it just it would be too honest if I had white chocolate. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> like white chocolate. So we have two milk chocolate ones today. All right, Megan, you ready for our drop? Is it a Kinder Egg? Is there gonna be a toy in it? <laughs> Alrighty. Three, okay. two, one, drop. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my god, what's happening? Mine's floating right on the surface, and I also got it on my keyboard. <laughs> oh no, your gamer keyboard. Oh my god, how am I supposed to be a gamer now? Um, I wonder if the milk isn't hot enough. <laughs> yeah, mine's just kind of floating around. Do we gotta wait like a couple minutes? Yeah, mine's floating around too. Oh, something happened in here? I feel I've had them. Oh, it exploded! Mine opened. Oh my god, mine worked. Okay, I've done it before, and mine happened like. Oh my god, it's happening! (laughs) Right, crowning. She's crowning. Oh my god, out of nowhere. (gasps) She's so soft. Oh my god, the marshmallows are popping out. (gasps) Oh my god, mine popped. It's like a cherry. Ooh. Oh yeah, she flipped right over. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna need to get a spoon. Hold on. I didn't expect this. Oh, this is so exciting. Damn, what's going on over there? Sorry, I'm just getting the milk out. (laughs) Tina's got the reimbursement for that keyboard. (laughs) Well, this keyboard's been through a lot. I've also spilled uh, Citizen Cider on it, too. (laughs) It was sticky for a while. Hey, I did find one at the thrift store for you that one time. That's true, but it's on gamer keyboard. <laughs> All right, this is so fun. Mmm. Well, that's actually really good. I'm not kind of like a hot cocoa girl, but this is pretty good. Did you do milk or water? Oh, milk. 
Oh yeah, everyone says if you do water, you're not living life correctly. Yeah. Oh, it even has like the um the cocoa powder in the ball. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Chocolate. Wow, this the chocolate's like game changing. It's so chocolatey. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love mm. the marshmallows. So cute. They're little minis. Right. I have my Jack Skellington mug. Oh damn! You still live in a Halloween. And by mine, I mean Nick's. <laughs> He's extra mad today. He's big mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's secluded. And, oh, you shitting me? There's directions, Megan. Oh, my God. See, I lost that in transit. Oh, my God. You are the bomb. Place hot chocolate bomb in a mug. Warm one cup of milk. Slowly pour hot milk over the bomb. And watch oh. the magic happen. Oh, yeah. We did that wrong. Oh, we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, I guess we're the fools now. Mm, this is so good. Mm. I'm looking impressed. Yeah. Now that I mixed it more, it's definitely more chocolatey. I just had to give it time. Wow, yeah, mine does look more chocolatey now. Mm-hmm. Wow, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Tina. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Leah, for getting married. I know. Can we do this again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to snuggle up with a blankie and a kitty. Well, fun. Alrighty, Megan. Now that we have our hot cocoa, I think we're ready for a little crime. Oh, yeah. So, Sean, if you have nothing left to say, <laughs> let's get right into the potty. <gasps> All right. So, for this week's current events, we have a limited supply because nothing really happened this week except for one big story, Megan. I think, I mean, how, well, I guess there's three. Just, um, this one's for Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> the new... Or not new. Taylor Swift's version of Red has officially come out. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, Megan. I didn't. But I definitely checked in on our fellow Swifty, Alexa, to see if she was doing okay with the recent drop. Because I heard that all too well. She released a 10-minute version of it. Oh, God. I love that song. I gotta listen to it. Well, on the same day as this big Red drop, Britney Spears officially became free. Oh, yeah. It's about time. Damn. We've been covering this story all year long. Mm-hmm. She can now make her own decisions. She can make her own medical decisions, her own financial decisions, and she can sign her own contracts. It is a day we have been waiting for for a long time, Megan. Well, and I'm – because she said she was retiring from from performing for good, right? I don't know because Adele definitely said that and looked his back. Okay, that's true. And Brittany honestly loves to perform. They just took that love away from her because they made they didn't make it hers anymore. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all always say that, you know, Adele, she went through a divorce, so then she's got to write about something, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, didn't Nicki Minaj say that she was retiring? Did she? Yeah, see, see, you don't even know <laughs> she did because it was like 30 seconds. <laughs> well, it always seems like these people like Kelly Clarkson, they all go through some relationship troubles and then all of a sudden, a new song or a new album comes out. Because mm-hmm. I swear, Kelly Clarkson had that divorce. A month later, she's making a Christmas album. Like, Kelly, do we need a Christmas album? You're on, like, five shows. You're hosting a talk show. You're taking over Ellen's spot. And now you're coming up with a Christmas album? You know, that's, like, what Justin Bieber did when he first started. Or, like, Ariana Grande. Oh, this is actually her second Christmas album. Because her first one was... Right? Um, Wrapped in red, I think was what it was. Yes, I know the the album artwork. Album artwork. artwork. I know. Um, I can picture it in my head because I like that one song that she does. You're here, 
Spreading the jizz. Oh, yes. I know that one. That's I know that one. Um, I hope she's not retired because I want to see her now. <laughs> I want to see her in concert. Which I don't want to see her like, oh, Brittany. I don't want to oh, see yeah. her like in Vegas and like a residency. I want to see her like on tour. She's back. She's free. Alrighty. So for the next current event, moving on from Brittany, hopefully that's the last time we have to talk about her. Also, I just want to bring up how Gabby Petito is like dead and gone, like literally and in the news. No one's talking oh, yeah. about her. Story's done. What's going on? We don't know. Maybe next week we'll cover it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, we haven't even said the latest was that Brian's body was found. Oh yeah. I feel like but, everyone just knew that. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. He, his body was found. His parents started searching in half an hour in this place that people have been searching for days and days and days and days. It took them half an hour to find his body. Mm, mm-hmm. seems They're like, oh, he likes to go walking over here. Oh, there's his body. Oh, and no one check. Just trust us. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said they did dental records, but he could have given them a tooth. And it could have been mm. random remains in a tooth. You know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> I'm pissed he's dead. Like, I want him alive to know, like, more. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, face trial. Yeah. Like, we're just never going to know what happened. Because his parents are talking. They're not saying Mm-mm. nothing. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe they'll go to trial next year and we'll figure out more. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to hit a pause on that. Mm-hmm. The next story I wanted to talk about was I don't know if y'all I don't know how old y'all are, but if you don't remember season five of American Idol, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Daughtry was robbed. I'm telling you right now, he was robbed. Oh my god, I love his songs. Like, um, I'm going home back to the place where I belong. I'm doing a lot of singing this episode. <laughs> I know, damn. But I just love his music. Because it like it pulls everything out of you. You gotta like use your entire throat to just sing those lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Like you use your entire body to sing that lyric. I saw that you. That is true. <laughs> you know why he didn't win? Because he's bald and short, and American Idol was just about being hot. I'm sorry. Right? Well, I thought he was like semi attractive, but my theory is that everybody thought he was going to win, so like nobody voted for him. They were like, oh, he's already going to win. We already know. So nobody voted for him. Oh, who won that season? Was that the fucking Taylor Hicks season? Okay, if that was Taylor Hicks, I'd be pissed. Taylor Hicks was like in one Ford commercial and then he was gone forever. Just like his hair. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor Hicks! That's why I'm saying he was robbed. Oh, yeah. Taylor Hicks was a gimmick. It's like, I'm 25 and I have gray hair. (laughs) That was it. All right, so Chris Daughtry, if you guys don't remember, he was on season five of American Idol, robbed to Taylor Hicks. His daughter, the age of 25, was just pronounced dead. Oh, this was actually, this happened on today, November 13th. So his daughter was only 25 years old, and I'm pretty sure she was just a baby when he was on American Idol, which I think that makes sense. The there timeline. Because um, we're 26, so there's no way that we were one. When season five aired. No okay. way. I was like in fifth grade. <laughs> Do you hear me? Yeah, the timeline lines up. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was like 15 years ago. <laughs> Not 25. No, she was age 25. Oh, but you're saying. Okay. So she was probably like 10 years old too. Damn. Okay. But there's not much that's come out about it yet because it just happened today. But her body was found in her home and TMZ is reporting that detectives are saying that her death was reported as a homicide. Sources are telling TMZ 
that her boyfriend, Bobby Jolie, Bobby Jolly, <laughs> Bobby Jolly, um, was arrested the same day Hannah's body was found. So, so... coincidence, <laughs> winky. I'd How, say so. Right? So I think TMZ's onto a little something there. But um, he is the only person of interest in the case so far, and authorities are not telling us any more of what happened. Also, Chris Autry's currently on tour, and he had to cancel his whole tour, and that's kind of how the news broke, is when he posted on Instagram saying he's canceling the rest of his tour. I mean, rightfully so. I know. It makes sense. Yep. And he also mentioned in his Instagram post that he's still processing the last 24 hours, and he recently just lost his mother, which he said he was keeping quiet and he was processing it quietly. And now he just lost his daughter. So. Oh, damn. That man must be a mess. Right. Right before the holidays. And they're just going through it right now. So that's a little update on Chris Daughtry and his daughter. That's so sad. All right, Megan. This is all I have this week for current events. Everyone is going to have to brace themselves. Excuse Ooh. me. Oh, sorry. I'm just staring <laughs> my Tina's, Tina's hot cocoa bomb. so people may have heard about this in the news this is actually from my little state of vermont (laughs) your neck of the woods my neck of the woods (laughs) um and vermont is a very small town area everybody knows everybody especially where this happened right this is like a um half like crime on tap a crime episode half like town gossip episode <laughs> i love it i can't wait for this gossip okay so this story starts off with joseph Ferlazzo, age 41 so joseph is married to 22 year old emily Ferlazzo. okay first talk about the age that's exactly what i was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say first what do we see wrong here <laughs> <laughs> not that it's wrong not that we're age shaming but there's a big difference here. And he definitely has a record of being attracted to younger women, mm-hmm. um, as we'll see a little bit later. But I feel like it's a control thing. Because when you're 19, like 20 years older than your partner, you yeah. obviously have more life experience. You well, probably accumulate more money and status and all this stuff. And they're easier to control and manipulate. Let's run down the timeline because, not to skip ahead, but where they were, they were celebrating their one-year wedding anniversary, which means she was 21 when they got married, and she had to have been 20, maybe. Like, I don't know how long they were dating before they got married, but she had to be either, like, 19 or 20 years old. Right. And then with this 40-year-old man, I mean... Anytime I see something like this, I definitely feel like there's grooming involved, you know control yes i see control and you know a want to like train and mold somebody exactly like i can take care of you look at everything that i have i have all this money i have all this real estate let me just take care of you and i mean it's definitely attractive you're like wow he has it all together he has it all figured out why would i waste my time with another punk 19 year old and figure it out together when he already has it done and he can just teach me well and also i would say it's a lot easier to impress a 20 20 21 22 year old than it is to impress a 40 year old woman exactly yeah you know she's, what i'm she's saying been through the trenches 
Right. And she probably, you know, has been working and accumulated and had a life experience too. So it's mm-hmm. not as easy to dazzle and impress. Although we're like, we're not age shaming, but like y'all getting groomed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as everything is like healthy and consensual, that's one thing, but yeah. I'm just saying this clearly wasn't a healthy yeah. relationship. Yeah. So Joseph Ferlazzo uh, was originally from Philadelphia and moved to Vermont. Um, and he's a tattoo artist. Mm. And a body piercer. And a body piercer. He worked at Body Art in Burlington for a little bit. Um, but he actually ended up leaving and kind of going independent because of some issues with the philosophy there. Now, I don't want to talk bad about body art. Okay. Because I know people that go there and they have beautiful art. But there was a time when some of the artists were, you know, drug users. And Joseph felt that when you are, someone is trusting you with their body, you need to take that seriously and be coherent and at your best and put, you know, take that trust and turn it into art and all of this. Okay, I feel like he's got a point. <laughs> no, he's definitely got a point. Absolutely. <laughs> right? It's just like, it's very interesting that that, that was his philosophy when it came, yeah. came to tattooing. Wow. I, I know that. siding with him. Because I, I know that I wouldn't want my tattoo artist to be drunk and high and, you know, yeah. putting something permanent on my body. Exactly. So he was doing it an independent and like at his house. Which mm-hmm. I was under the understanding, I think it must have been rented, that him and Emily were renting in Swanton, Vermont. Yeah. Where I actually was the weekend this happened. Shit, Megan, you could have been yeah. a victim. Oh my god. Well, I don't I was not his wife, so I think I was <laughs> fine. Well shit, he had a gun. He could have been collateral. Okay, we're jumping too far. <laughs> Sorry, I'll cut that. <laughs> okay. Um, and so Emily was from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And so this has a little bit of a parallel between the Gabby Petito case. <gasps> oh my God. So they were converting an old van to mm. do van life in people. What is this trend? Like, I'm over it. Well, and what is this trend in connection with um, spousal murder? <laughs> well, I think the connection is, Megan, they're living too close too close in quarters to each other like damn you know this is happening too often they need some space well and i'm partly thinking it's a way to isolate your victim because all they have is you in this van good thinking that's so true nowhere near family that's so crazy like i need all the damn space i need a three bedroom in this place yeah (laughs) that's what i'm saying (laughs) and that and that's healthy to have space from your partner like imagine doing van life for a whole year like oh oh my my god like y'all my best friend but like i need some space sometimes right it's okay to be quiet and reflect yeah i think (laughs) um i think that's a good like correlation because think about last year during covid when all these couples were living together and like they're really getting to know each other being locked in the house for 24 hours a day and all everyone was getting split up. Everyone was getting divorced because they just couldn't handle their spouses anymore. And like the domestic abuse, like report on like um, on hotlines was up like three hundred percent or something yeah. crazy like that. Suicides, like, everything with mental illness. The next piece is that their van was apparently parked 
in New Hampshire at Emily's parents' house. Yep. And they were having a little getaway on the weekend of weekend of the 15th. So yep. they were going to stay in an Airbnb in Bolton, Vermont, which is like it was probably cheaper because it was the off season. It's like a ski area. That's what I was thinking. There's like a a ski resort or not resort, but like a ski mountain. Yeah, uh, I'm sure so it was pretty... honestly just pretty with the foliage and everything, too. Yeah, definitely. So they were there on Friday and had allegedly had an argument. And the story that Joseph had originally told Emily's parents on the Monday after the weekend was that she they got in an argument and she went she went for a walk down Route 2 and he went to a convenience store to like, you know, get some snacks to cool off and came back and she was gone. And so mm-hmm. her family, of course, reported her missing. And they're like, why didn't you tell us sooner? Well, this is like the connection to Gabby Petito. I mean, it's not a full week later that he told him, but this was two days later. He's and he like, also showed up in a different car. He didn't show up in the van that they took. He's like, oh, hey, they're, yeah, she's missing. I don't know where she is. And this is like a month apart from Gabby Petito, too. That's the thing. It's crazy. Did we get some inspiration? Then later that day, he drives back to Vermont and he's in the St. Albans area. And, you know, things are on the news. Bolton girl missing. What's going on? There's these two cops just chilling at the Maple Fields, maybe chatting, you know, <laughs> small town gossip. And wait, explain what Maple Fields is because mo- there's no Maple Fields in Boston. Oh, so Maple Fields is like a convenience store, like a um, like a Jiffy Mart or Cumberland Farms or yeah. Royal Farms. Or... It's like a gas station that has like sandwiches, you know, like one of those little things. Yeah, coffee, a bathroom. Yeah. You know. It's where all the contractors, policemen, electricians go at like 5 a.m. in the morning before work. Yeah, to get their coffees. <laughs> yep. On their little punch cards. And so these cops are just hanging out. And Joseph is the one that approaches them and was like, hey, you you know that, like, Bolton girl that's, like, missing? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And it's like, well, she was my wife and I killed her and I will show you the body. <laughs> <laughs> so they did. They had no idea. Like, he just walked up and they were like, okay, well, I, gu- I guess we're on this case now. <laughs> I guess we're here to do our job. And so then Joseph tells them the real story. Yeah. On what the really real happened. story. She didn't just walk away on the on the road. No. And, th- <laughs> and this is what he has said. So maybe there's even worse stuff that has happened that we don't know. Yeah. Because um, it is later said in an interview that Emily's mother did say that they had struggled with domestic disputes where, you know, she's had marks and bruises. So yeah. there are was a documented history of that between them. And the police were never involved in those circumstances. Correct. On that Friday night, and this Friday night was when I was partying at the salon with the salon. That's where you were? Yeah. When this <gasps> is happening. Oh my God. Did you hear any gunshots? No. I don't oh. no, I, I don't think I think he did it at the Airbnb, right? Honestly, I don't know where he did it. Well, he did it in the camper, but I don't know like yeah. where the camper was parked. I think it was in Bolton. Their Airbnb in Bolton. They had an argument Friday night. He alleges that she was, you know, hitting and kicking him. Mm-hmm. 
Which again reminds me of when Brian was saying that Gabby was like scratching and and stuff at yep. him, and it's like because these women are reaching their breaking points, you know. Yeah. And it's like the the victim becomes the abuser and stuff like that. But yeah. Anyway, so she eventually was like, okay, left the Airbnb and said, all right, I'm just gonna like chill out in the camper van thing. So they went out in the camper van. Or she did by herself and was just laying on the bed. And he said five to ten minutes later, he retrieved a gun and got on top of her, like restrained her and shot her in the head twice. Dang. Point blank. While looking at her, shot her in the head twice. Yeah. And then he said he had a panic attack and, of course, didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. How many times have we heard that on Snap? (laughs) Right. And then what they do, they they have a meticulous plan in order to hide the bodies. What they is, <laughs> is well, what they Joseph Fuzzyballs didn't have too good of a plan. Yeah, he he ratted himself out. Basically, yeah. And so he put a garbage bag over her head. Like why? <laughs> he didn't know what to do, Sean. He didn't know what to do. Okay. He was so distraught that he was that he murdered. Was he trying to, like, contain the blood or something coming? I don't know. Or not have to look at the wife he killed in the eye anymore, maybe? <laughs> maybe. And so he drives to his friend's house in St. Albans. And I don't hear anything about the friend. I don't know what the friend did. What Like, if the friend was there at the property. We don't hear about the friend when he takes the police to the camper van that is parked there. We don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I want to know who this friend is. Because, like, what... Did he go in the van? Was he like, why are you here? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm wondering if the friend wasn't at the property. And that's why he ended up going there. Because he knew that the friend was like away or something. Oh, maybe. So when he got there in the early wee hours of Saturday morning at this point, he gets a saw. I'm assuming from his friend's garage. I don't know. Is the friend in cahoots? I don't know. Where's this friend? (laughs) Where's this hacksaw coming from? Where's this Hacksaw Ridge <laughs> He then proceeds to dismember her body and put her in little garbage bags and leave her in the camper. And that's when he takes a car, maybe a friend's car. I don't know, because they drove in the van. And this is where we get him going to his parent-in-law's house, his in-law's house, and saying, oh, I don't know what happened to Emily. To be exact, there was eight garbage bags with a limb in each bag. Oh, yeah. And when the police were searching it, they could see like a leg poking out or something, right? Yeah. And they be- they said in the article they believed it to be Emily, but then they like ran tests and determined it was her. Because, you know, they have yeah. to do that for like... Oh, it's alleged. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. But we know it's her. Well, the interesting thing is, is that he confesses and then... He pleads no guilt, not guilty. I noticed that. On, I think, what was it, August 20th? Or no, October 20th or 21st, he pled not guilty. And he's being held without bail. Well, I've been, I'm reading things saying he's just going to plead um, insanity. Well, okay, how can you do that when you have a history of already abusing? Did you... I don't know. Did just, you have an insanity break every time? He did claim he was having like an anxiety attack or something when he did it. Okay, I'll just say, I've had anxiety attacks. I definitely don't murder. I know. 
I'm just gonna stay. I don't think it's gonna end well for him. So, Mm-mm. well, and then did he have an anxiety attack the whole time that he drove from Bolton to St Albans while he was dismembering the body? Like yeah. that's a very long panic attack. Well, let me see because I was curious too how far that drive was. Oh, it's like oh, an boy. hour. Oh, it's an hour. Yep. Well, the same thing with Chris Watts. Didn't he say, like, like how did you not have time within that hour from the first time you tried to kill your kids, you pushed your kids in the car, it took you an hour to drive to the work site? Like, you yeah. didn't think in that hour maybe I shouldn't kill my two daughters? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You you had an hour drive to think about, oh, I should turn myself in and what have I done, you know? Yeah. No, none of that. No nope. thought was, how can I get away with this? How can I dispose of her remains? Well, I also saw this video from um, some woman at a a breakfast joint. Oh, and, Moxie's? Yes, Moxie's. And the next day after he killed her, he went and just had breakfast and was eating breakfast. And the waitress was like, I just cannot comprehend how he can come in here. After killing his wife, dismembering her body, and just eating breakfast. Well, that's funny you should say that because one of my small town gossip things is that he is a well-known tattoo artist, does a lot of tattoos of people around. Um, That Saturday morning, he also texted a girl who's a friend of a friend with the same first name, Emily. I won't say her last name. He (laughs) texted her saying, oh, I have some ideas for your next tattoo. Do you want to get together and have an you know and plan an appointment oh wow texting the a woman that has the same name as the wife you just killed and talking about a tattoo and setting up a time to meet her damn the grind does not stop yeah <laughs> i like how that's what you got from that <laughs> oh, he is a hustler he's getting the job done entrepreneur oh and another thing of another customer of his that i know through somebody because small town vermont you know yeah he said that joseph had told him that him and emily were having problems and he was and they were thinking about getting a divorce and this i think was a week before he killed emily that he told the god that's what i'm saying so this wasn't a spur of the moment attack this was like a built-up rage and I don't know. I said I was like, you need to tell him to call the police and and yes. report that he had that conversation. I don't know if he ever did, but he needs to I get on like, the stand. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that makes me, you know, because that's exactly what like fucking Chris Watts. Like, yeah. And especially if this man is pleading not guilty, y'all need to come forward. I know. I hope he did. I don't know. I haven't brought it up, so I don't hmm. know. But I have a quote from Emily's stepmother. I don't know if you read this too. But the stepmother reported to the paper um, that she never liked Joseph. She never liked him. And she said that it's something with his eyes. It looks evil in his eyes. It looks evil? Hmm. So she looked in his eyes and saw the devil. <laughs> you know what? I, I trust her. And well, her- also, I'd be skeptical of a 40-year-old man that's preying on my 20-year-old daughter. Yeah. You know what? I'd be skeptical of that, too. What are yep. your intentions? And y'all running what around in a, in a van. Like what happens when you turn when she turns thirty? You gonna drop her? And she well, had like a good career. She was like in she was in nursing. Oh yeah. So the other to another point on how he liked young women. 
he actually was engaged to my stepsister's ex-boyfriend, his little sister. Okay. I was like, oh, he's gay now? No, his, <laughs> his little sister, who I think oh my, probably is like barely 20. And Oof. he broke off the engagement the day before the wedding. <gasps> oh, wow. And I heard a bunch of people on Facebook reaching out to her being like, you're probably so glad you didn't marry him and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm sure she does not want to hear that right now. <laughs> like, she that could probably... have been you and... <laughs> right? I mean, she's probably so heartbroken. I know. And they're she's like, probably... y'all, you could have been dead. You're lucky. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not really fair to say. So she, like, all of her uh, all of her social... I, of course, I won't say her name, but all of her social media is private. Because people oh, yeah. just like kept reaching out to her. Damn, y'all are lucky. Megan's got the inside scoop. I know. That's why I'm like, okay, it's part like crime on tap, part like um, like gossip hour, <laughs> <laughs> hot town goss. Yeah, can't see people's names, but damn, that's so crazy. So definitely, he had a history of preying on younger women. When I when we were talking about this when it originally happened, you sent me something that blew my socks off. Okay, are you talking about 2009? Yes. All right, so this this is like a weird connection this case has. And maybe it's going to shine some light back on a cold case in 2009 involving mm-hmm. none other than Joe Fuzzy Ball's mother. Oh, it was a stepmom. It was a stepmom. Okay. Because uh, I, I mean, not that either are good, but I think it's a little more removed for it to be your stepmother than your actual mother. Well, because I saw it and I was like looking back at his picture and I was like, he don't look Asian. Oh, <laughs> or Korean. I don't know because his stepmom is full Asian or whatever. Okay. Um. All right. So let's go back to two thousand nine, um, which involved a cold case involving Joseph Fuzzyball's stepmother. Young He Lim. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna look this up. Maybe I can help you. I know you sent me like the Young He Lim. Oh my god, it comes up like like she's like a, a famous person. I know. Okay, so back in 2009, Joe's stepmother was brutally stabbed in her home down in Reading, Pennsylvania, and this happened in October. Back in May of the same year, Young Hee Lim and her husband, Joe Sr., they owned a massage parlor together in Reading, Pennsylvania. And back in May of 2009, the parlor was raided by police in connection with accounts of prostitution. I w- okay, I wasn't trying to be racist, but as soon as they said they owned a spa, I was like, <laughs> okay... Happy endings are happening. <laughs> exactly. During the raid, two women were um, arrested in connection with prostitution, in which one of the women that was um, arrested was Young Hee Lim's um, relative, who worked there as the parlor manager. Oh my god, you didn't tell me about this part. Right? Well, I had to save it. The parlor then lost its business license and could not operate. And Joe Sr. went on to say that he had no idea that there was prostitution going on and he was fighting the city to get his business back. Joe, I'm sorry, but you had to have known this was going on since one of your own relatives, the parlor manager, was partaking in happy endings. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say I don't buy that, Joe Sr. (laughs) Right? Um, So that happened in May. And then in October of the same year is when Young Hee Lim, um, Joe Sr.'s wife, 
was found brutally stabbed in her home. Um, now, so the only report, there's like nothing on this case. You look it up, there's like no um, police reports, there's no research, there's barely any news articles or anything about this. And the only thing that has been said um, is that Joe Sr. was the one who called in the 911 reporting his wife her, his wife's death. And he says that he was just returning home from grocery shopping late after midnight. And that is when he says he's found his wife dead. Was he at the 24-hour Walmart? I don't know. Was he at 7-Eleven or something or what? But that is the only, like, to this day, there's no, never been solved. Nothing more has ever been said about it. There's been no other suspects. It's only been that Joe Sr. says he found her dead after grocery shopping late after midnight. And I wonder when Joseph Ferlazzo Jr. moved for, to Vermont. Was it in 2009, perhaps? I'm not sure. But I don't know either. I looked, because um, he's 41 now. He would have been 29 years old when his mother was murdered, or stepmother was murdered. So, and it was in the same month, too, in October. Wow, strange. This was on I, October 8th. So not mm. the same date, but... Maybe he only kills in October. <laughs> like a supervillain. <laughs> and it's every, what, two, 20, 13 years. Yeah. Oh my god, lucky number 13. There has been a spokesperson from the like district attorney's office of Pennsylvania who came out and said that they are in, in cahoots with the Vermont State Police and they're in awareness of what happened in Vermont. But I'm thinking, since Joey Joey Jr. is, like, coming up in Maplefields and just giving it all to the police, telling them everything he, he's done, you know, what's stopping him from telling them what they did, what he did to his mother back in 2009? That's, that's a good point. Like, why – maybe he actually did, in his twisted way, love Emily and feel bad. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's too coincidental – but then at the same time, I'm thinking if she was part of like a prostitution ring, like maybe like the big pimp, like took, yeah. brought out a hit on her. Cause like, the, you know, when you're in illegal stuff, there's hierarchies, there's branches, you know? Exactly. Joe Sr., I mean, maybe the apple don't fall far from the tree. Is he still oh alive? God. You know? Like, this happened, the business was shut down in May. And in October, she was found dead randomly. Who's out to kill her? What enemies does she have? You know? I know. Did did son learn from father? <laughs> See, I'm wondering if like because her relative, right? Her relative was a part of it. I'm wondering yeah. if she like reported to the police because she didn't want her family to be involved in that. But like Joseph Senior was like holding it over her, so she had to do it secretly. And then he found out that she was Maybe. the one that told, and he put out a hit on her. I'm just coming you up know with what? ideas. There's a thing called the Asian Mafia, and oh, what are they called? Yeah, there's oh. something out there. The Yakuza, the Yakuza. That's Japanese. Mm, I feel like I've heard of that, but the Asian Mafia, you know, might put a hit out on her or something. And I'm sure Joe Senior was involved with it too. I know. I, I it's hard to like. You don't hear people fucking ejaculating in the room next to you. Exactly. And like, maybe Young He Lim, like you know, did what you said. She called. Maybe she called. She tipped off the police, and maybe she got the business shut down. And Joe Senior was like. Well, you're next. Mm-hmm. Time to go. Oh like, why don't cops hire us? Like, I feel like they would solve cases so much faster. Right? Or the Colorado police. Right. Get them on the case. <laughs> Colorado Wait, don't play. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, like, how is there no... 
This is a stabbing. There's blood. There's going to be blood everywhere. There's going to be fingerprints. There's going to be something. They didn't find the murder weapon. They found nothing. There's nothing on this. It's insane. And I wonder if it's because she was a, a young white woman. I'm gonna That's say what I'm it. saying. She's probably because she's Asian. Yeah. That she didn't get all the attention Gabby Petito and um, Emily Ferlazzo is. <laughs> Fuzzy balls. Fuzzy balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah so that's what i have that happened 2009 i don't think it's a coincidence megan i think it's a family matter oh i i definitely i feel like they need to stop sleeping on this shit right why is no one else talking about this why is crime on tap always reporting the hottest new killings i know i and we're the like you had the inside on the danamora exactly i have i have the inside on the Frilazos. You, you, I'm sure you ain't here anywhere else that the hot town gossip. That's right, and I hope I, the Vermont State Police is listening. Yeah, and also the the Pennsylvania Police too, because mm-hmm. we ju- we just solved the 2009 case just shooting. <laughs> the police here. We shot some shit and we fucking solved the case. I know that's what I'm saying. Damn, the DA is gonna be calling us, Megan. <laughs> oh my! And then they're finally we'll get a sponsor. <laughs> We'll say, well, we'll give you more tea if you can come on our podcast real quick. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap. Tune in next week when we talk to the District Attorney of Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) And we demand answers. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us over on Instagram at Crime on Tap Pod to be kept up with the latest Crime on Tap news. And also listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Overcast. You forgot the piece. Oh, Podbean. Podbean. Um, t- TikTok, Ding Dong, Walla Walla Ding Ding, whatever other ones there are. We're approaching our one year anniversary, Megan, which is so exciting. Oh my God. And we haven't even made $10. <laughs> Did you fall? Where are you? <laughs> Alrighty, guys. We'll hope to see you guys next time where crime is always on tap.